0: Good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's May 9, 2022, and thanks so much for listening today, or perhaps you're listening on the archives. We archive everything at our home website, which is ace-ed.org, a, A-C-E-E-D.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education. I want to make sure that you go over there. Everything is free over there. But I want you to check out our equity awards, which are now open, okay, for nominations. There's a uh, link over there for equity awards. Please nominate yourself, companies, et cetera, okay, friends, colleagues that you work with who are working towards equity in K-12. You'll see all the categories, et cetera. It's an early bird opening to check in for companies. It saves you a lot of money for folks to nominate colleagues and friends. Just do it right right there if there's no charge for that. And we're going to have a lot of people. We had a lot of people nominate last year. We're going to have even more this year. We had a lot of pride in what we did. So please check out the awards program. All our podcasts are archived over there. And of course, our magazine, Equity and Access, is over there as well. It's all at ace-ed.org. Today, I've got a great show with a great friend, Dr. Howie Knopf is here. We're going to be talking about improving teaching, teacher hiring and staffing. Okay? Student success, as you know, depends on teachers, and that's why the selection process is so important. Howie, hi, Howie, good morning. Don't say anything yet. It's the president of Project Achieve. He is one of the most respected voices in education. Project Achieve works with school districts all over the country. Howie writes with our, for us on our magazine and on our website all the time he's a specialist in social emotional learning skills instruction multi-tiered interventions etc etc licensed psychologist nationally certified school psychologist and past president yes he is by the national association of school psychologist i think this is about the 50th time he's been on the show and they always get the highest rating so howie welcome to today's show dr Nuff.
1: well good morning larry how are you I'm fine, buddy.
0: Good to be. I was in Quebec last week. We were off last week, and I was in Quebec City, so it's great to be great to be there and great to be back.
1: Oh good,
0: good. I hope you had a good time. We did The wind and rain made it a little dampened it a little bit, but we had a good time anyway It, it can get cold up there when that winter when that cold rainy wind blows off the St Lawrence up there, but it is just a terrific city. I hardly hardly recommend it to everybody, okay, Quebec City. get a little touch of France. Okay, which is absolutely fantastic. Right, Howie, you been up there?
1: Yes, I have, actually. It's a wonderful city. Uh it We is. did a trip uh, between Montreal and Quebec City, stayed up there for yes. about three or four days. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it is. It's really just a beautiful old city, and it's, it's just, just great. Where we're, we're North America really was born, it's just great stuff up there. It's really fantastic. So please, everybody, check it all out. Howie, how we, well, last time we did this show, we had some problems with the sound, but I wanted to make sure we talked about it today because this is such an important thing. You're such an expert on it. Improving teacher hiring and staffing, it's tough these days. The student success depends on the quality of the teacher. Okay? The pipelines are low. A lot of people are thinking of leaving the profession. So when we find somebody that we want, we got to make sure it's the right person and how the selection process should work, etc. So why don't you just, Howie, Talk about that if you want everybody, you can reach Howie over. I got the email right here. Yeah, projectachieve.info. Projectachieve.info. And he's got a blog over there, et cetera. Howie, talk about why this is so important these days. What's the implications of approaching it properly?
1: Well, I mean, the long-term implications are teacher effectiveness in the classroom means that we have students that are learning from an academic in a social, emotional, and behavioral sense more effectively. But the short term is that um, we've also got to look at how effective teachers help other effective teachers as you look at the continuum from preschool through high school. And, you know, it's critical right now because right now school is about to end, and the tradition in terms of teacher hiring is that the hiring occurs toward the end of the year if not into the summer and it's often done and again i'm not being critical but it's often being done by administrators you've got lots of districts it's interesting the larger districts some of them there's an hr person at the district office that does the hiring and then they distribute The individuals that are hired down to the individual schools and the principals really don't have a whole lot of say in it. But then the trickle down in smaller districts is that a lot of times the hiring is being done just by the administrators and I really believe it needs to be a team approach. It needs to be an interview process and an interview team that involves administrators, teachers, related service professionals, and others. And again, we don't want this to get large and bulky, but we want this to be collegial, and we want to make sure that we're attracting the right people to the right positions.
0: Absolutely. And it's harder and harder to find these people, Howie. What do you do? In this day and age, and I agree with you wholeheartedly that we've got to get more teachers involved. We'll talk about this in a minute. But how do we set up an interview process for in an age when we really have to be aggressive in hiring teachers? It's not like it used to be. It's different. What are we actually looking for out there? How do we set up that selection process? Maybe that's the way I want to ask the question. How do we make sure that, that we get the right people in there? What do
1: we do? Well, there are multiple layers, all right? But let's just focus in on one right now. Okay. We need to know, first of all, what the position requires. So it's not the title of the position. It's what are the job duties? What are the expert <clears throat> areas of expertise? <clears throat> what are the... the the component parts to it and and again sometimes not to dichotomize you know an elementary hire is different than a high school hire let's just say because you know at the high school you're usually hiring for an academic specialty position where at the elementary it's more of an all-purpose you don't you know you have some departmentalization but not a lot but the point is is that we want people to be hired into the position where they understand what it is that's gonna be expected of them. And so we've gotta have a fairly detailed, this is what we want the teacher to be able to do. And and that includes effective instruction, that includes you know the pedagogy, that includes the classroom management and so on. But that hiring process should be a matching process And then it becomes, if you will, a diagnostic process because you're not going to get the perfect candidate. But if you've got a delineated, a differentiated job description, you have people when you're hiring them that may have some areas of gap. And then when we get into the orientation and the induction process, their first year, their first three years, what we can do is we can say, all right, this is what you need to know in general about our school, our district, the way we do things, but also in your interview process, here were some of the gaps and we wanna make sure that we are consciously filling those gaps in. And again, I gave you one of the primary examples, which is classroom management. And you and I have talked about this in the past, and again, no disrespect. But most classroom teachers, both special ed and regular ed, do not get the kind of training, supervision, and coaching pre-certification before they leave the university. And we're not even talking about the alternative certification folks, which we can add yeah. in. But they don't come into the field with the classroom management expertise, and that's one of the reasons many times that the teachers are leaving within the first five years is that they're not successful in classroom management and not that it's quite a prerequisite but if you don't have management of your classroom it's awfully hard to do the instruction.
0: So so Howard this is interesting where does the hiring process where should let me say it's that way where should the hiring process begin okay you have administration and their needs and you have the, you're going to be working with your, with your uh, collegiate friends, okay, your colleagues, you've got to meet them and make sure you get along with them. In your opinion, where should the process begin? Should it begin with the administrator making sure the person has the, quote, academic, I'll call it that, academic requirements, and then it goes to a group of teachers, let's say, who decide if this person will, can work with them well? Or should it go the other way? All right, where they, they can meet somebody, find out if they've been work together, etc., and then let the principal make the final decision. I'm just curious how you think that process should work.
1: Well, you know, there are many roads to Rome. So, you know, I'm going to give you a blueprint, <laughs> and appreciate. you know, different districts are going to do it different ways. I'm talking but, about you know, US district, the first not is, Italian ones, Howie. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the first, you know, and I already emphasized it is we've got to have a differentiated job description that really details out some of the job qualities, some of the professional qualities that we want of the candidate. Then, you know, I think what happens is we're trying, I think that will help to attract the right people to the right positions, but the interview process, I think, needs to be a carousel process, and I think that process, again, not just involving all the different people that I I spoke about earlier, but then it's a multiple intervention, uh, multiple interview process. So there are different interview teams. There's an opportunity for some informal discussion, and um, you know, just trying to get a sense of the collegiality of the person. But what about mm-hmm. a job simulation? Okay, um, what about having that teacher, um, you know, prompted with specific dilemmas and questions and and crises and talk about how do you how how would you go about doing this and i know some interviews do this but if we want a classroom teacher to teach what about the teacher coming in and showing some lesson plans and doing a demonstration actually going up in front of a simulated classroom and and doing a demonstration or bringing in videotapes of that, whether that, again, is from their pre-service training or, you know, experienced people that are just doing lateral transfers. So, why don't we make this into something where we're getting more information. On an informal and a formal basis, on a collegial basis and a professional basis, and and it's not going to be a simple, which is the tradition, a simple forty-five minute sit down with one person trying to check off the boxes and do your <laughs> best to get the right person.
0: You know, you know, it's it's so interesting, and there are companies that, that in teacher development, you know, that have that have ways to photograph teachers, et cetera, et cetera, video teachers when they're working this way. Are, are you finding, and you work with a lot of districts, so are you finding that a lot of districts are actually using your suggestions in, the, in this regard, <laughs> that they are, they are really sitting there? And, and, and the other thing that's brought up, you know, we have long-term substitutes that go in and substitute teachers that go in. Do they have an advantage because they've been working in that school for a while? Should we look at them first? Talk about that.
1: Well, you know, the substitutes and especially the paraprofessionals are certainly being tapped into more often in terms of moving them up and supporting them financially yes, and otherwise you know. to, get them, to get them into the pipeline. But are, are a lot of districts using my ideas? I'll be honest with you. No, they're really not. Um, and, and, and I think what we've got to do is we've got to have a quantum well, we've got to have a quantum shift here in terms of thinking yeah, we about what we're doing and and a lot of i know i'm i work in some very small rural districts and it's very difficult to get even one person in for the candidate but exactly. i understand that and and that is the reality i'm not here trying to solve the the teacher shortage issue what i'm trying to do is on the other side of it i'm trying to make sure that we don't hire the wrong person because quite honestly, Larry, it takes longer, I hate to say it this way, but Absolutely. it takes longer to terminate or get rid of an ineffective anything. Okay, today we're just talking about teachers. We could be talking about related service people in terms of counselors, psychologists, and social workers. We could be talking about administrators here. Okay, and, and I, we would have somewhat of the same conversation because it's all about education and the educational system. But the issue again, focusing right now on teachers, is that it is much more difficult to terminate an ineffective teacher than it is to wait and hire the right teacher or to hire the right teacher with some of the ideas that we're putting on the table. A last point I wanna make before we move on is that sometimes when you enhance the value, you enhance the integrity, you enhance even the competitiveness competitiveness of a position, more people want it. And so, you know, uh, I think sometimes what happens is when people know that this school, this district really is careful about its hiring process. And Mm. as a classroom teacher, if I'm a fourth grade teacher, If I know that there are Cracker Jack third grade teachers behind me and Cracker Jack second grade teachers behind them, then I know that when my kids come to me the next school year, they have had effective instruction along the continuum, which means that I can move on. I mean, nobody, and again, I hate to say it this way, but this is the reality out in the field. Nobody wants to follow in the classroom as a classroom teacher. I don't want to be the classroom teacher who inherits a classroom of students from a teacher who was less effective, because then I have to fill more gaps because of yep. the ineffectiveness. And so it's trying yep. to raise the whole integrity of the process. But it has to here, be done. We're, we're, yeah, it's got to be how, done. How Let's we... do it the right way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, you're you're absolutely right. And the harm done by an ineffective teacher, on, now you're talking about the harm done on the next teacher, but the harm done to the students by hiring an ineffective yes. person because you've made right. a mistake in hiring, okay? You know, people tend to blame the, I'll call that person the ineffective person. But the fact is that ineffective person should not have been hired in the first place. Okay, right. and in this and in this day and age, okay, that's that's a very hard thing because as we talked about, there's a teacher shortage. Okay, the teacher pipeline is less and less and less, particularly in, in certain subjects. Okay, but putting a warm body up there is not the answer. It's putting the right person up there as best you can that's in right. this day and age. And if we don't have it down to a really good system that has changed with the times we live in. OK, then we're going to have serious problems right down the line. You can just take the third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, et cetera. It all, there's a reason why we have grade by grade by grade. OK, and if we don't back it up, we're going to have problems all the way down the line. It's unbelievable. And besides that initial initial excuse me, hiring practice, OK, the other thing, and this is the key thing, Howie, to me, is the retention. If we have a good person, we've got to make sure they stay. All right, and part of that, and I know you're 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 huge on this, okay, is an effective orientation process. If we don't get that right, that person's going to be floundering. We got to make it work, okay? How we talk about, in your opinion, again, you're an expert on this. In my opinion, what are the characteristics of an effective orientation process for newly hired teachers? And by the way. That includes experienced teachers and brand new teachers. They're orienting to right. a new district, a new school, perhaps a new grade. Okay. And you got to, as an administrator and as a colleague, you have to move them forward appropriately. How we talk about an effective orientation process.
1: All right. So let's go big picture and then we'll go backwards and go small okay. picture. because. For me, this is what we're talking about here. It, it's got four pillars, okay? And, and right now I'm I'm writing a four-part series of blogs on my website about this, and I've, I posted part two, and part three is coming in the next week or so, and then part four. So here are the four Project pillars.
0: Achieved on info. Good.
1: There you go. The first pillar is is the hiring and the orientation process pillar is the induction and the teacher tenure process. The Mm. third pillar is continuing teacher appointment and coaching. And then the fourth pillar is teacher leadership and advancement. So Mm. it's not quite a, a job progression, okay, but it's a process of supporting teachers over time and then moving teachers up into a leadership and a mentorship process, and then a specialization process. So it's it's kind of a job advancement, but it's all about effective teaching. And if we don't do the induction right and the tenure process right, and it, like the, the second blog I call it tenure with teeth, because I think teachers – as well as related service, as well, well, uh, well as administrators, need to earn tenure. You're not, you're not um, bestowed tenure. You're not given tenure because of seat time, because of three years in rank. You earn tenure because of the things that you're able to demonstrate progressively and through growth that you're doing. But to go back to the orientation process, so a teacher now hired. And now they're, they're entering their new school, whether they're entering as brand-new teachers, whether it's through an alternative track or through a teacher training track, or they're lateral teachers and they're coming in It's a new school and they're experienced teachers. We've got to make sure that we're orienting the teachers in the most effective ways. And yet still we keep losing professional development time and we keep losing days right before the new school year starts most school districts have maybe three or four days maximum and and probably modal they have two they have two days to orient all of the teachers to the Mm. new school year never mind the new teachers what happens what happens in the orientation process is we've got to orient our new hires not just to the climate the culture the policies and procedures of the new school, but we've also got to orient them to the broader picture of who they're working with, the curriculum, the instruction, what are the resources in the district, the technology, what are some of the special areas of of professional development that most of the staff are now two or three years into, but the new hire is, is already behind. So we've got to have a thoughtful orientation process, but it can't just be two days. It's got to start, perhaps, with a couple of those days before the school year starts, but it has to stay for the entire year, perhaps. And again, it's on a needs basis. So I'm not saying, all right, it's got to be a one calendar year process, but it's going to be available for the teachers relative to their individual needs. We still have teachers. I I see it every single day out in the field, whether I'm in Oklahoma or New Jersey or Michigan or California, where I was last week, okay? You know, I still see in, in, for example, high schools, okay? We have large high schools. I see teachers who have been in the high school for five years and still do not even know the names of their colleagues, much less their areas they, of expertise. Wait, 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 stop.
0: They've been, they've been in the okay. school for five years and don't know the names of their colleagues? Did you just say that?
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. They don't know the this names of their a, colleagues? They, they do not know the names of their colleagues, How's much less it's because we're not focusing on the orientation and the broader and the different layers of of orientation. You know, we have large large organizations. I mean, thinking about it as a business. But, I mean, when you're in a business as opposed to a school district, sometimes what happens, the business folks make sure that you know all the people that you need to interact with and all the resources and so on because the bottom line is money. It's profit. Well, when the bottom line in education is kids, somehow there just isn't the same mindset. And I'm not blaming, again, anyone, but I'm saying we've got to be conscious about the support process for teachers, the hiring, the orientation, the induction process, okay? The teacher induction process, from my perspective, ought to be a three-year process, especially for new hires, okay? You don't get tenure usually until your third year, but what are we doing to help support, to coach, to mentor, to make sure that the new hires in a three-year period of time have the expertise that all the other teachers have and have the specialization that they need to be successful in their classroom. So we're just, we're not taking and focusing in on this area. We focus in on filling positions but not ensuring that we're hiring the right people and giving them the support so that hopefully in the back end, one of your, your critical areas, we're, we're retaining people because they feel supported and they feel prepared.
0: Howie, how, I'm gonna ask a, a silly question. The, the question is why? Why has this happened? Okay? and. And what frustrates me is that we again i'm going to say it again we're in changing times all right and what you're describing is not a good your 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 ideas are great that was understand that the system we're in now is not a great system we're we're somehow allowed i don't know bureaucracy to screw this up okay we can't afford that anymore all right And, and 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 why does why does this happen well what what What's going wrong over the years It's because every school doesn't have an HR director. Where, where, where are we on all this? Does every school need an HR person?
1: You know, honest, honestly, and, and, and not to, to make excuses for my colleagues, but you know, Larry, sometimes you just, you don't know what you don't know. And, when when this isn't on the landscape in the training process and when it's not, not in the landscape in, you know, in the functional day-to-day process, I mean, educators are having to think about so many different things, but so do businessmen, so do electricians, okay. so do doctors, so do, so, I mean, I don't want to make too many excuses, and I guess the point is, is, is the things that we're talking about today are important, and if some of these ideas, and, and let's just call them think tank ideas, okay, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not on the pedestal, I don't have the perfect storm. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think that some of these ideas have value, and, and I know they have value, because quite I honestly, <laughs> a lot of the things that I'm talking about are parallel to how most universities run. So for people that say, oh well, this would never work in education, look at the university, look at your universities and how assistant professors get tenured, and how they go through the hiring process. When I went through the hiring process back in the 1800s in the dark ages, <laughs> okay, to get my to get my first you know assistant professor position,
0: yeah.
1: I went in for a it was a two day interview okay i had to give a lecture there was a recruitment there was, there was a, a, a committee it was a committee that i was focused on and addressing that, there wasn't one person i didn't meet with just the dean the dean didn't just bring me in talk to me for 45 minutes and then hire me okay so there was a process and you can sit here and you can say all right well wait a minute universities are smaller than schools we but you know honestly a lot of the uh, schools that I work in, they're, they're only having three to five openings a year, and so you could do a carousel kind of approach, you yeah, could you bring can. in a number of candidates. Okay, so there are creative ways to do this, but, but my point is, is that not that the university is exactly like a school or a district down at the K-12 level, but we're doing some of this in education. And it seems to be working a lot better than it's working at our K-12 level, okay? You don't have a lot of university professors that leave because they were not well-matched to the university. They leave for other different reasons, okay? And yet what happens in education is we're talking about teacher burnout and we're talking about, you know, teachers that are are quitting and leaving and going to other. And I get all that. And some of that is just the natural ebb and flow of any profession. But at the same time, I know that we can keep more teachers if we're supporting more teachers. And part of that supporting process starts at the hiring level and then moves into the orientation, moves into the induction, moves into the tenure.
0: Hey, Howie, when, you, when you, you talk to a lot of superintendents, they're your clients and your friends out there. When you talk to them about all this, okay, what, what's their answer? What do they say?
1: Most of the time, they agree with me. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, again, well, it's just it's, it's not on the landscape yeah and it, it's it's you know i mean i'm I'm in districts where you know we're talking about uh, whatever, we're talking about five hundred students in the district, as opposed to I'm talking with superintendents where there are fifty or a hundred thousand students in the district. And again, the basic principles are logical. They say yes, these make sense. The question is, how do we operationalize them? And and that's you know the art and the science. But you know these the principles of hiring people and the principles of tenuring people, where they're earning tenure, they're pretty universal. Um, and again, sometimes the superintendents haven't thought about it, or sometimes the superintendents are in such large districts that they've got other people that are supposed to be thinking about it.
0: They do have to think about it. howie. Given all this and everything that's going on these days, this is a little bit off the track, but uh, how how do you feel about just tenure in general? Are are, are we making a mistake to have tenure after just two years? Should it be five years? Should there be tenure at all? Okay, should there be renewable tenure? I don't know. I'm coming up with this stuff. What's your thoughts on that? Is tenure (laughs) good or bad these days? No, you
1: just answered a lot of it. No, I, I think there should be tenure. For me, the tenure process should be, I I would say, a five-year process, okay? So that you've got, in essence, two years of induction and then an additional three years. But the tenure has got to have teeth in it. So for me, when we're tenuring teachers, again, there's a tenure committee. The tenure committee makes a recommendation to either the, the principal or the superintendent but I think we need to tenure in three areas. I think we need to tenure in, um, in, in, in instruction, curriculum and instruction. We need to tenure in terms of student outcomes. And we need to tenure in terms of service, okay? So for example, service is, I really believe that every teacher in our school should be on one school level committee. And that, you know, that that committee is meeting on a regular basis and it has a very functional piece of the school improvement process for every year. So when the teachers are getting tenured, they're putting in a portfolio. It's almost like for national certification, okay? They're putting in a portfolio at the end of their, you know, in in the middle of the fifth year and they get tenure at the end of the fifth year, but the portfolio has um, different things that they've developed in terms of curriculum and instruction. It has videotapes. It has student outcomes. It has service to the school, the district, and the community. It has letters of recommendations and so on. So it's a portfolio. But then with that tenure, for me, Larry, there should be a significant salary bump. It shouldn't exactly. just be, you know, Agreed. we go to the, go to the next Agreed. step, but there's a significant salary bump So that on the back side, and and this is important on the front side, okay, but we've got so many teachers who, you want to talk about teacher burnout, and part of the burnout issue is that teachers are having to have second jobs in order to to be able to support themselves. And so we've got to deal with that part of it. But the tenure, you get tenure, and then there's a significant salary bump. But I do believe that there should be continuing tenure whether that's on an every ten year basis or what have you. So I, I, I really you mean, believe that,
0: you mean a reevaluation. Oh you mean a reevaluation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I agree. There's
1: got to be a reevaluation process because we wanna make sure that the teachers are moving up to the next level of excellence. But after right. tenure, for me, becomes either you're taking leadership positions at a higher level in the school or the district or and or you're you're starting to specialize. So you become specialized in an area after tenure, so that we don't have to have teachers going out to in-services or having to hire people to come in and do the one-shot in-service. But Mm -hmm. we're growing expertise, and we have our own in-house professional development unit through all the expertise of the different teachers and and support people that are in the district. So it's it's a continuing professional development and growth process, but on a much more conscious basis. But the short answer, I I believe that teachers should get tenured, but it needs to be tenure with teeth.
0: Yeah, it needs to be tenure with teeth, and I do believe what you said, there needs to be a reevaluation, because sometimes some people are going to get mad at me for saying this, tenure breeds laziness, okay, and that's not good. I can see 10 years of of tenure and then a reevaluation. Okay, and if somebody's not effective anymore. They, they need to be be told that they either shape up or leave. Okay, it's that simple. And, and, right? and I, yes,
1: and I I agree with you. Some yeah. and, some teachers, teachers.
0: do they... understand that, but yeah. human nature teaching teaching is one thing, and human nature is another. Okay. But, and
1: but again, it, you, you've got the university. You've got the university model also, because everyone always worries. All right, so now we're tenuring these. You know, now they're associate professors, and they're going to rest on their laurels. And yes, a small percentage do, but let's not overgeneralize. A lot of times, right. our teachers are creative. They're enthusiastic. Then they you don't have need external motivators.
0: But, yeah, then you have but, to but, but at the
1: same time. Yeah, there needs to be the accountability that, yeah, you know, w- we still want to see what you're accomplishing post-tenure.
0: Yeah. It's just, it, you know, th- like I keep saying this, the world out there is changing, okay? And, and the people who are becoming teachers are changing. They're different from you and I, Howie, the old guard, so to speak, all right? And it, it, we have to be aware of this and, and change Changing the way you look at things, changing the bureaucracy, that's why I love having you on the show, because you always got the great ideas that people, you, you you think outside the box, okay, and bring those ideas to the bureaucracy, okay, that is education, Howie, and you make them work, okay, and I, I just I just love all this, okay, we got to go, my friend, this was just great, thank you, okay, how's Florida treating you, Howie?
1: It's great. I love it. <laughs> the, I'm heading off, uh, heading off back into the schools next week. So, where are you going? Uh, what, what, really, what
0: state are you going to? Where are you going?
1: Going up to, going up to New Jersey. Ah,
0: enjoy. Okay, enjoy a Greek diner yep. and a traffic circle, New Jersey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, be good, Howie. Thank you so much, my friend. All right,
1: take care, Larry. Bye-bye. Thanks, buddy.
0: Bye-bye. Howie Knopf, everybody, of Project Achieve, Info. Check out what he does over there. Check out what we do at ace-ed.org. That was really something. And he's a dynamo out there. And I, he's just really something. I love having him on the show. Okay? He's got great ideas. And I'm telling you, things have got to change. Okay? You know that. But we can't just talk about it. You've got to make them happen. The things we talk about have to be made into action. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks for listening.